Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 108. This episode is with Callum Jackson. Callum is the head under 23s physical performance coach at Alicante FC. Anyone that's been to any of our networking events, you may well have met Callum at those events as well. Um, So it's more than likely that you've had a, a chat with him at the event. So it's great for Callum to come on. We spoke about him settling into his new role and the approach he's taken going into his new role. We talked about some of the early additions he's made to the programme. Um, we also reflected on his time um, in the Football League with Oldham Athletic and some of the challenges he faces in his current role and some of the quite unique challenges that he faces over there in terms of the schedule that they work to um, and some of the adapting that they have to do in the programme as well. Uh, also, the fact that the, it's not the same group of players for a long period. So Callum touched on that and he touched on his approach as well. So it's it's an interesting episode because it's not the traditional setup that Callum is dealing with over there. So it was great to tap into his approach to the programme um, and the culture in, in that league and over in Spain as well. So it was great to have Callum on the podcast, someone that I've been wanting to get on for quite a while. Like I said, I've known him from the networking events and his time at Oldham. So big thank you to Callum for coming on. And big thank you to you, as always, for listening to the podcast and sharing it as well. We've had even more shares recently, and I really do appreciate every single one of you for posting it and sharing it because our numbers are growing on the podcast all the time. But please continue to to do so. If you're not subscribed as well, please make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, Spotify and over on YouTube um, because that does us a massive favour. I also just want to say a big thank you to everyone that came on our webinar with Colin Lewin. Um, We had some great questions, really good engagement And that webinar is now available to watch back on our community. So if you didn't watch it live, there is the option of going back and watching it on the community. Um, But yeah, thank you to everyone that came on the the webinar and got involved as well. And we are going to be releasing information about our next webinar, which will be coming very soon. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy episode 108 with Callum Jackson. Welcome back to the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is episode 108 with Callum Jackson, the under-23s physical performance coach. And anyone watching on the video will be able to see exactly where he is in Alicante, Alicante City FC. Callum, how's things over there? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a, a recent move, isn't it? So it'll be good to sort of catch up and see what's going on over there. But... For anyone that doesn't know where you've been so far, your career so far, do you want to just give us a little rundown um, from sort of education up to the current role? Yeah. Yeah, so um, grew up in Spain originally, over in Malaga, um, and then going back to the UK to study did my uh, degree at University of Bangor in North Wales. Um, in my last year there, I was lucky enough to get into Oldham um, through a friend, Ant White, um, who was at Bournemouth and I just left there to get the England job as a goalkeeper. Um, class person to know. From there, um, so I did my internship through there for a year and then went through the academy system, so with the youth team, and then ended up doing all the age groups from 9s to 18s. 
um, as like a head of academy SNC and sports science role. Um, and then lucky enough as well, during the last year and a half to do the first team as well. So um, it's good to have exposure to all the different age groups and the first team, etc. So um, yeah, that was good. Awesome. And then what about the into the current role? So do you want to, you've just been telling me all about it, all about the setup over there. So do you want to just go into detail on your role, but also yeah. um, the yeah, club yeah. as well, how yeah. the club set up? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's basically um, Alicante City Football Club uh, plays, um, they've got a first team, a 23s team and a 19 team. Um, the 23s team is, is new this year, so it's uh, the first year they've done the 23s team. And what it is, basically, we've got players from all over the world that have come into Spain um, for nine months. So we've got everything from American, Canadian, Romanian, uh, British. Um, they've all come over here to, to basically we, we form a team together with specific positions. Um, full-time teams as well, so that's, that's pretty good. And then we try and get them to either play with first team, with our first team, or with um, try and get them headhunted, really. Um, my specific roles with them, with the 23s, so see them every day, uh, live with them as well, so it's kind of it's handy to see them. And then um, just monitor what they do every day, gym-based, pitch-based, etc. And then any, any players that go up to the first team, because they can play up, they can play up really, depend on their age and the track on them as well. And then you, you just, obviously you said about being in Spain originally, coming, coming over to the UK, studying and then working at Oldham as well. But yeah. what led to the move back there? Was it always the intention of going back to Spain or was it through contacts? Like what, what led to this move? Um, yeah, it was, I just saw it really. I thought I'd like to come back out to Spain. I love living out here. I was out here for 18 years. So I love living out here. And um, when the, I saw the opportunity and then just applied for it, really. Um, I knew a few people when I did my coaching badges, um, one of my co-owners slash shareholder type of thing. So I had a chat with him. Uh, Matt Jones as well. He was, he was helpful with the move as well. And uh, just getting, getting grips with the club and what their goals were, etc. And then as soon as I got it, it was buzzing, really, because it's uh, back out here in the sun and uh, it's, a, it's a challenge because it was good. I enjoyed Oldham as well. I enjoyed Oldham. Um, but I think it's just just restricted to some stuff if you do there. So it was a good new challenge to get out here. And... We'll dive into the role at Oldham shortly. Um, you've just been trying to tell me about lifestyle and everything that's going on over there. You don't sell it to me. I think Manchester's miles better, mate, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's good. Basically, uh, it's good. We live in a house together, and all the players and players and myself are together. The training the training grounds literally. You come out of the house, and it's thirty yards in front of the house. There's like a, a multi million pound gym that's based there as well. So there's literally everything from contrast baths to spas to fifty meter swimming pool to a rooftop gym. Um, literally everything you can imagine is all there. Every single type of machine, plate loaded, pin loaded, whatever, it's all there. Uh, it's ideal, really. Any any lads that get injured, touch wood, they won't. But um, try and reduce that. But it's any lads that do wanting to focus on their individual programs, they can just go over there anytime and just work on that. So it's kind of it's making sure everyone's on the same page, really, strength wise and everything. And 
fitness wise and uh yeah no it's nice and um, it's based on a golf course like a golf resort a house so the beach is 10 15 minutes away as well so it's uh yeah it's good it's better than uh better than rain every day <laughs> and then what about the program so when you first went over there what did the program look like and then also what changes because how long have you been there now uh seven weeks seven weeks so what are some early changes you've made to the program as well uh, well, we looked at training, what, what they did last year. Um, they were doing, I think they were doing double double sessions most days. So it's kind of straight away, like red flag really, because there was a lot of tiredness. There was nothing being tracked from wellness point of view. Um, RPE point of view as well. They don't have GPSs, but it's a, they, they've RPE type of thing. So I brought that in, brought wellness in as well. So we can track a bit of fatigue that way as well. Just I know it's subjective really, but then it's where they're at fitness wise and um, food, food's a big one because we've got chefs that come into the house and cook food for the players and stuff. So they'll come in, they'll come in twice a day and cook us, cook us meals and come in every day at set times and stuff. So we, we change the times, train in the morning, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning and food will be ready by one. So as soon as they get back from training, shower and change, food's there ready for them. Um, it was tracking what they were eating as well what foods they were getting into them and changes that way really because it's what they were eating before it was all right but um they just changed to, to better 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 things for them yeah and then um how receptive because you talked about before about some players only being there short term so you might only yeah. have players for a month or or six weeks or a couple of months. So, yeah. how receptive are the players yeah. to to make changes from you, from your point of view and your role in that short short amount of time? Yeah, yeah, they've they've they've, they've took it on board. To be fair, they've they've because uh, players have come from all these players have come from different backgrounds. So, some players have come from academy settings. They've they've played in a few academies back home or whatever in America or college D one D two system. Um, so they've come out here. Some of them we have weekly CPDs. So uh, we'll chat with them what they want to what they want to take in and learn type of thing. So we'll have weekly CPDs in the in the villa, um, and then we'll have individual meetings every week as well. So kind of educating them as well and getting them on board with it and all. And um, if they're not happy or whatever, we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll alter things part of their program, their nutrition program as well. So everything's being tracked really. And yeah, they seem they seem they seem quite good with it all. What's the next step with it? Because obviously, only being early into the program and your time there, you must have plans on where you want it to go and things you want to add into the program. So, what can you can you fill us in on sort of the next steps? Yeah, yeah. So um, these first six weeks, really, we've had in pre-seasons, it got knocked back a month the league because of uh, was COVID. So um, these six weeks, really, what we've had. The pre-season really is getting to know where they're at. So we've been testing them, doing some various tests, um, some physical tests really. Uh, they've had the medicals as well to see how they are. We've had the, we've had the old um, recording them with the running, check, looking at the running gait, the lifting patterns as well in the gym. Um, so we've been seeing what they're like. How, do, do we have to alter anything, any movement patterns? Uh, just drilling in the basics of them early. And then they're all, they've all got their individual programs, so it's built on that as well. And then down the line, really, um, yeah, it's just working on all, all that, really, working on the individual programs, trying to get them, trying to get them as strong as possible, 
as robust as possible, um, as well as keeping injuries nice and low. And then to, to go back to your time with Alden, so, because um, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening will know you from, from the time at Alden. They, won't, they might not even know about the, the move, move over there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. what about um, some of the main challenges you... So just fill us in on the role that you had with the club, but then also some of the main challenges you faced over there. Yeah. So my last year was with the first team. Um, got pulled up from the first team just after pre-season it was. Um, was with the was with the academy to start with, or did a year and then switched to the academy. Was there for three years with the academy, so I had every age group. So with the academy is basically bring them through. Um, there was no, there was nothing, there was nothing strength conditioning based, there was nothing sports science based with the academy at all. We just had pro football support um, who were doing stuff, um, but there was nothing really apart from that. So regarding monitoring them down the age groups and down the lines, etc. There was nothing, so we put a full programme in there with them. Um, we're lucky to have a few universities on board with us, just Salford and Bolton, and they helped us out. Um, whether it was a student or with a youth team, we were able to go and test them at their facilities for pre-season, etc. Um, yeah, we're looking at development really with the academy and then with, with the first team last year. Um, it was good, it was very good, I enjoyed it. It was different, obviously, to the academy. Um, obviously restrictions as well, financial restrictions and wasn't one of those clubs where you were just going to spend bags of money so whatever you had to do was definitely you had to think it over and try and get the, the, the best for what you've got financially um, but again it was one of them where we had to deal with what we've got and it was good because it makes you think outside the box it wasn't one of those, like I say, you didn't have everything you didn't have every sort of facility you wanted, every sort of piece of equipment you wanted, so you just had to adjust to what you had and go from there. And you said before about um, there being the, the difference between academy and first team, so there might be people listening to this that are potentially like students and looking to get into football, um, but not knowing whether they, they want to work at academy level, first team level, not really knowing what the differences are. So what were some of the main differences you found between the two roles? Definitely a lot more stress for the first team because it's a business. It's business end of things. You need the three points on the weekend, on the Saturday. Um, you need the you need the cup runs. You need all that. Otherwise, stress just goes up and up and up and up and up. Um, you feel the tension type of thing. With the academy, it was it was a lot more. Um, There's a lot more, like I say, development type of thing. But then when you when you see when you see that a player move, moves on to a bigger club type of thing, it's, it's very, like, feels rewarding type of thing that you've kind of had a part with it, parts play along that player development. Um, and again, it's with the academy, it was the younger the age groups, the, 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 the 13, 14, 15 type of thing, it, it was drilling those, drilling those strength and conditioning principles in early. Um, challenging, because they're like, they're like uh, they don't really, it's hard to get into, let's say, 13, 14 type of thing when you're talking to them, you've got to break everything down. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was good. It was, it, was a, it was a lot, yeah, different. There's a, there's a big step, isn't there, between that development and the performance, like you say, the big shift to suddenly going from looking at plays individually and developing individually to suddenly we've got to get three points. 
and that's like yeah. the that's the main focus, isn't it? That's one of the big differences between that those academy roles and and first team. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And then with that, so you talked there about um, at Oldham basically designing the program from a clean slate, or there not being much in place beforehand. So was was that a good sort of setup for you to then go over to back back over to Spain and sort of put some things yeah. in place that you potentially done there? Yeah, when we had the youth team, when we had the youth team there, I think all they were doing was press up the pre- they used to do a press up program and a pull up program. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a bit old school, but it was, uh, you kind of had to adjust it and throw new things in. And obviously you're getting players and the YTS system come from different clubs and there were, there were, you can see they were a lot better. They could move a lot better because they've been introduced to it early and things. So it's good to have a blank canvas and design the program and, and have individual specific programs for each player and, that's literally what's what we've done here, really. But it's, um, they've they've never had a, a physical performance coach over here, so um, it was kind of the coach doing everything, um, all the fitness, all everything last season. So it was good to hear what they'd done and all these marathon running they've been doing, and yeah, so it's changing that whole program and having the blank canvas for it and, and, and planning it all and we've. By the sounds of it, they've, they've reduced a lot of they've reduced a lot of soft tissue injuries and a lot of injuries overall. So um, a few of the players that have been here as well. There's a few players that have been here for 10, 11 months because of COVID. So they're here last season. They were meant to go back to the US and then they ended up staying in now because we found them, they ended up being poached by a club, fourth division, fifth division type of thing. So um, they even said like a lot of difference in the program and they feel a lot more fresher, a lot more energy. They perform better. They're performing better in training. On the pitch, they're able to be more, be more in the gym as well, be more effective in the gym and lifting more, and yeah, they feel a lot stronger as well by it. So it's it's kind of building there and and doing that. Yeah. I'm going to drop this one on you. So to prioritise three things. So you're going into a program blank canvas. What are three the top three things that you want to get into that program? So in the ideal world, so if we didn't have any sort of restrictions on time or financial restrictions, because I'm trying to think about some coaches, we obviously encourage people to go out and volunteer at different clubs. So it might be at a semi-professional club, it might be at a Sunday league club. They're, they're pretty much going to have the same blank canvas as you. So if you could go in and put, and I'm sure you've done this already at both Oldham and over there, what are, what are your three top three Priorities. And I haven't. I haven't given you the heads up on this, and I'm dropping it on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely analyze how they all move. 100% from the start. But analyze how they all move on the pitch. Um, straight line running as well. See how they analyze. Is there anything wrong with them there? Um, testing them in the gym. Whether it's the whether it's the, the lifting lifting technique or the three met, three rep match or five rep match or thing. Um, and it's just it's just drilled into them the, the key principles of sleep, nutrition, just the basic foundations of the pyramid, and building from there. Because a, a lot of players don't understand, especially well, maybe some of them at the start here, because they all live together, they're all up at night, type of thing. And there's a PS in the living room, so they're all smashing PS all night. And 
yeah, they get up that day tired, training sloppy and not in the mood type of thing. So just by changing those types of things and it has worked to be fair. They've they've all bought they've all bought into it, they feel better. So yeah, it's definitely yeah, I was saying three, yeah. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far with Callum. I just wanted to give a couple of updates on our online community. So anyone that isn't aware, we have an online platform that includes webinars, presentations, an interactive forum, and also a WhatsApp group for community members. And we have just uploaded the webinar from with Colin Lewin. So in association with Physique, and Colin did a webinar for us on the makeup of an effective sports science and medicine team. So you can go and check that out. We are also, depending on when you're going to be listening to this, um, we are just about to upload a brand new webinar from um, a coach working in the Academy Sports Science, top, top coach working in Academy Sports Science. So anyone that is working with Academy players, I do recommend that you head over to the community because this webinar is absolutely brilliant and perfect for anyone working with Academy players. But you can go and check out the community by going to footballfitfed.com and then click the community tab at the top and you will be able to sign up there. Uh, Just make sure you go through the full process. That will then give you one month free on the community. And if you do remain a member after that, it is only £4.99 per month going forward. You get on-demand access to all the information that is available on there right now, but you'll also be getting all the upcoming webinars that we have going on there. And when we can eventually get our networking events running again, you will get access to the meetings from our networking events as well. So go and check it out. If you're already a member, make sure you log in and check out some of the new content. If you're not a member, go and claim your free month by going to footballfitfed.com, click the community tab, and then sign up there. Here's part two of the podcast with Callum. So you've obviously had to, had to switch, like you've had to make quite a big cultural change there, haven't you, with um, the things that you're putting into play. So you said before, obviously, the lads have been pretty receptive to it, but why do you think that is? Like, is that just because you've gone in and they, they've not known any different or like why, why have they talked to it, do you think? Um, I, yeah, I think maybe a little bit of that. Um, I think, again, it's just the, because I think it's the education behind it as well. They, they don't really, they'll ask you, you'll, you'll be there having dinner with them the next minute, someone will ask you a question, that question will turn to an hour chat about, it could be about anything. It could be, oh, I'm taking this, I'm taking that, should I take this? And oh, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to do the gym and do this, or I'm going to, should, should I do this, should I do that? What, what's the reason behind this? What's the reason behind that? So you just get peppered with questions all the time. Um, and it's just giving them like, evidence-based evidence-based knowledge back um i mean sometimes i've given them a told them a load of papers to go and read whether they've read them or not i don't know so every cpd there's another ball over there so the first one is nutrition recovery sleep lifting tech well lifting techniques next week but it's um yeah it's just giving them that really and letting them go and letting them go and explore a little bit because they have got quite a lot of time on hands. Like I say, we train first thing. We'll have a meeting every day at quarter past nine. Um, we'll go out for pre-hab. We'll start at 10. Like I say, it's 30, 40 yards away the pitch. So um, we'll finish at half 11, 12, depending on what we're doing. Um, and then we've also, well, on a couple of days a week, we've got gym in the afternoon. 
So we'll alter that whether it's upper based or lower based. Um, that's at half two until half three. So they've got from four o'clock onwards really every day to go to the beach or go for a swim or relax in the garden or chill in the room. So it's kind of like they've got they've got a lot of time on hand. So try I try and get them to to read a little bit. And yeah, some lads have to be fair, some lads have come back. So it's, it's saying some stuff that surprised me. So yeah. It sounds like you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the amount of time and exposure you have with the lads sound like that's had a big impact because there'll be a lot of yeah. coaches that are listening and thinking, yeah, working in, I'm thinking more like academies, they might only see the players for half an hour, maybe a couple of times a week. And in that half an hour, you've got a load of players. You're not able to have those conversations that you just yeah. talked about. So they're yeah, the valuable 100%. ones, aren't they? Yeah, 100%. Like, reverting back again to all of them. We used to do the academy nights on a Tuesday night and a, Tuesday night and a, Thursday, or a Friday night even. And I'd have like, the Tuesday night would be more pitch-based and that would be from 9 to 12s. Um, and I'd have 20 minutes with each group and then I wouldn't see them for another week. Yeah. Um, and on Friday nights, I'd be like 15s and 16s and I'd have, have them for 45 minutes each. So again, I wouldn't see them for another, another week, excuse me, unless they train with the first, uh, unless train with the 18, sorry. So here, it's kind of like I'm with them every day. Um, so it's it's kind of keeping that, it's keeping that um, coach to friend relationship Try not to be too pally with them, try not to be too much of a coach with them as well. Good cop, bad cop. Um, so, yeah, it's keeping that. And it's, it's ideal, really, because it's what you want. They'll come down, they'll, some of them design their own programs, they'll talk to you, should I do this, should I do that? And then it's kind of me peppering them, all right, what's the reason behind this? Why are you doing this? Oh, I don't know, I saw it on a video. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, with, with that, though, as well, that's, that can be quite powerful, can't it, to get them thinking about programming, things like that, especially with some the short contact time you have with someone. If they're over for a month with you, and yeah. they take away yeah. three or four things that you've sort of gone into re regarding recovery or lifting or whatever it is, that can be very yeah. impactful, can't it? Rather than you just yeah. guiding them through and taking them through every single step, letting them have a bit of responsibility and creativity in the program. Yeah. Um, some, of the, some of when I first got here, the last group that were here, uh, on a month, um, they they'd gone back like five five or six days after I first got here. So obviously that first six days, first five or six days I had with them, we were still training stuff, still still in the gym, um, so I still got to know them as well. Although it was a short period of time, um, got to got to have a look at them and give them new new ideas and stuff for the gym, etc. So they still message me now and again. Oh, I've done this. This is quite easy. How can I progress it? Um, I found a new club and playing with this club type of thing. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of good still to be in contact with them as well. Yeah, definitely. And we've talked a lot about the positives over there, not to make it all doom and gloom, but what about some challenges? Because we spoke just before we started recording. There's challenges within that sort of setup on the programme as well for yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, if you've ever been to Spain before, you'll know that everything's done either last minute or it's very, very, very relaxed. You need something done, uh, we'll do it tomorrow, we'll do it tomorrow, we'll do it tomorrow. So, for example, the most frustrating thing for me coming over here was we never knew, we never knew the fixtures. We didn't, we didn't know the fixtures until Tuesday just gone um, and the, the first league game was on Sunday. So, planning 
everything is just last mile. Yeah, you try and do what you can to try and preserve the players and get into peak type of thing um, when you need them to. But same again now. We won't find out now until next week. Our, our games, we know our games are Saturday and Sunday. We know we know we play every weekend, but we don't know whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday until this Monday coming. Mm. Because it's just so, and it's amazing that La Liga runs like that as well. Really? So it's, it's yeah, it's amazing that La Liga and Segunda and Segunda B, the first three divisions, um, they all run the same in the same way. We have Elche and Hercules down the road from us, um, La Liga and Segunda teams. So they're the same. We have we're lucky enough to have one of our coaches. He he played La Liga for I don't know how many years. He comes in twice a week with us, twice a week with the first team and coach as well. So it's good to good to feed off him as well and get into contact with people like that and get us get get your name in the game over here as well. So yeah, it's it's definitely definitely very very. I've asked every day, asked the head coach every day when we're playing, when we're playing, do we know when we're playing, do where we're playing, what time we're playing. No idea. We'll find out tomorrow. Okay. So all the academics out there that are studying periodization models are all tearing the hair out right now. But it's yeah. real life, isn't it? It's a real life situation. Yeah. And we probably yeah. don't have it as extreme over here, but it still happens, doesn't it? There's still changes. I'm sure you had it with Oldham where last minute games were dropped into midweek or whatever. Um, so yeah. just go into a bit more detail on how that affects your approach because if there's a game dropped in and you're suddenly playing on Saturday, which is a few days away, like what, what are some of your priorities then? What, where does your mind go in terms of, right, we've got to get the players ready for the Saturday. We now know the time, the day. Um, what do, what's the sort of way you work back from there? Yeah, so um, we had this, this, this happened this week, actually. Uh, we couldn't find a pre-season game for the, the whole of last, or not last week, week before, so... We had a preseason. We, we, we had a game every week, basically in preseason. Apart from week four, we didn't have a game at all. And then last week we had a game on a Saturday. And then on the Saturday we found out we played on this Tuesday, just gone. So it was kind of like, whoa, okay. Um, but we found because we found out Saturday afternoon, we got called and said, right, we've got a preseason fixture. And I was like, whoa, okay, didn't agree to this, but we'll see how we get on. So luckily at the moment we've got a lot of players, so we can rotate. But um, it's it's making sure that like for example now this week now they've been at what they're going to carry out in a game like situation so the, the 11 v 11 or 10 v 10 we did on Tuesday type of thing that's that's how it pops off the the uh, exposure to the high speed running and sprinting um, and then today today and tomorrow really are our last two days before we can play on the Sunday because on Saturday. Another spanner in the works is the pitch across the road. Is uh, there's a local team that play there as well, and they have like every age group training. So we're now up to alter our session on Saturday to a little beach session. Make sure it's very light, so that Sunday we're not too too uh, too tired. But yeah, no, it's kind of it's kind of one of them to make sure each week we're boxing off, we're boxing off each thing, whether it's high speed running or the intensive, extensive. Um, short and long distances type of thing and making sure they're getting the, the uppers and lowers in really or at least one one lowers a week um, and accounting for 48 hours of bombs really so um, it's making sure they're ready for that and it's, it's we did we did a lowers based session two weeks ago 
Um, I think I got a bit carried away at first because they were eight days in. Some of them, I think three of them were still moaning, or legs were still sore. So it's kind of getting them on the same page. There's some lads, like I say, some lads come from America, they're physically a, a, a lot better than some of the lads from the UK that have come over because they've been exposed to that, they're massive on that over there. And it's good, to, it's good to talk to them individually and find out where they've come from, how they used to operate over there. And yeah, it's just boxing off really. And like I say, we do RPEs, not fantastic, but at least it's, it, it, it's something better than nothing. Like I say, with wellness as well, it's, it's getting a bit more information from them. So it's, yeah. And then you just mentioned there about players coming from different parts of the world, so being at different levels. So that's got to be a big challenge for you as well, because coming into a program yeah. that not only do you have to amend as like a last minute um, change in terms of your planning, but you've also then got players at different levels. So how do you yeah. then fit, how do you then adapt the program? Because how many players are you dealing with in one go? We had 24 today. We're still missing, we're, because of COVID, we're still missing three more Americans. Um, and then there's, there's one from Qatar, one from Kenya, I think he is. And then because of COVID, because of, they can't get a visa approved. So we'll have about, in total, we'll have about 20, 28 players, 29 players, but they won't all play for us. They'll play for the 19s or the first team or, so it's kind of a nice to have a big squad for rotation, but it's it's then like you say, it's making sure they're all they're all seeing off the same sheet type of thing and changing their program up individually because there's there's some players that, that can move better than others and that haven't some there's some lads here that have never touched a weight before. So it's kind of surprising that yeah. So in terms of, I know it's I know it's very early on with you being over there, but the approach to that is it a case of setting up a session and going in with a plan for the day and then just adapting as you need to, or have you got different groups that you split them into depending on sort of training ages and things like that? Like what's the what does it look like when yeah. when they're at different levels? Yeah, so we'll well basically we'll, we'll plan the week, break it down. Maybe we'll plan the week um, on Monday, so we'll have a chat. We'll have a chat in the morning. Right? myself and the coach will plan a week what went well last week or the previous week what didn't go well what we need to work on and then from there really we kind of not not we kind of base the sessions on on what needs to be fixed and what 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 can we, we can work on and then um regarding the gym sessions as well yeah split them split them two groups uh kind of the better lifters in the second group they seem to rattle it out better um and then the the, the, the other lads in the first group and kind of slow everything down and build it from there from from yeah from basics yeah awesome class well we'll move on to um, some quick fire now so a few yeah. questions for you the first yeah. one talk me through some of your biggest influences on your career so far so that can be um, coaches you've worked with it could be anyone really but you you could have a, a few I'll let you have a few. Um, I've got to say Anthony White and White was good he was very good uh, he helped me obviously helped me with the Oldham Oldham role and um, it's quite lucky to get that role really it was, it was through long story short really my sister was at uni and he ended up he was looking for an intern at the time and 
she knew him and um, through his missus and stuff. So definitely him. Uh, Matt Taverner as well is a big one. Uh, I was lucky enough to, to, to work with Emma and um, his other half. She came to Oldham as head of, head of academy, uh, like sports science and medicine. Um, so thankfully for her, for really, she put me in contact with Matt. Um, I was able to go into Everton uh, based on my days off every week. Uh, so it's it good to get exposure from that, from the top end as well. Um, same thing with Ant, really. He let, he let me go into Bournemouth for the 23s or 21s uh, for a week down there. So it's good to see how, how they do things different down there. Um, they're, they're, I'd, I'd probably say they're the top three, yeah. Real. And that just shows the importance of taking those opportunities as well, though, doesn't it? Like they, They've come at a time where you could have easily just ignored the chance to seek those opportunities, but they've led yeah. to getting experience at those clubs so that just underlines that importance yeah 100% it's, it's the whole networking conversation again isn't it where you see PDs and that's the only thing that I miss kind of thing where well, I know it's not happening at the moment or because of COVID but obviously all the CPDs that have been running you can go go and meet and chat with everyone and con- I mean, connections and definitely 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 a big thing and because when I started, when I started my first year at Oldham, I was doing my last year in North Wales, so it was a two and a half hour drive to, to Oldham. Um, at the start, it was one day a week, and then once I finished my undergrad, I was living back in Chester again, um, and full-time driving, driving up and down to Manchester five days a week, so the old car got a battery with the mileage, but no, it was good, it was worth it, I enjoyed it, yeah. But yeah, 100%, 100% with the connections and the networking, and because it you, you never know where, where it can lead you and where it can take you. And yeah, it's, it's good. It's very good. And then next one, what's your biggest strength as a coach? Um, I'd like to think it's having that exposure from academy and first team basis. Um, having, having been exposed to that already, to the development side of it and the business side of it. Um, yeah, I think it's that the difference in, in everything, the programming and talking to the players, how to talk to them. Just talking to a, an academy player who's, who's 14 and talking to a 13 player is totally different, totally different uh, attitude or not egos, but you know what I mean? Personalities. If that 13 player has been around different clubs, um, they challenge you with different things with the 14s, it's all the academy players, it's, it's getting them educated young and getting the basics right in them as soon as you can to strong foundations. Awesome. And then next one. Oh, brilliant for the phone to ring. <laughs> School works first time that's happened. I'm leaving <laughs> that in as well. I'm not editing out, but that can stay in. Real life. Right, next one. Um, CPD. So you mentioned there about um, CPD, but I don't know how much you've done recently, whether you've had chance to do any sort of webinars or, or listen to any podcasts or anything like that. But is there anything that you that sort of stands out for you that you've done that's been beneficial? Like anyone that you've actually listened to um, that you'd give like a shout out? There's loads. I, I'm, quite, I'm quite busy with the CPD, to be honest. I like CPD. I like it as a, if, I, if I'm doing stuff, I like it as kind of a background noise, kind of take that in as well. Um, or you're in, in the garden, relaxing or go for a walk or whatever and yeah definitely um phew, there's quite a few how long have you got <laughs> <laughs> give us give us maybe two 
two or three, like two different ones that you, because well, I ask this to a lot of different people and people tend to bring up. So yeah, definitely, de definitely yourselves, definitely yourselves, top of the list, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got to be, we've got to be. Um, um, no, some people are brought the, well, some Rob people are the same, the same sort of people, um, but it's always nice to hear yeah. like areas that you're sort of studying and looking at, so. Yeah, Rob Pace as well, good one there. Um, and then it's, 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 other, it's other stuff really, such as the, the High Performance Podcast or um, other stuff, like Peter Crouch Podcast, a bit of a laugh and stuff, but again, it's, it's knowing it's, that's for, yeah, and you, there's loads of them. You've got the Under the Cosh, that's another good one. I think with those ones as well, they're interesting because as we listen yeah. as like Sports Science and S&C, we probably yeah. listen to it a little bit differently to what other people would yeah. listen to. And obviously we take in all the stories and stuff, yeah. which are great. Um, yeah. But you do get a few little gems along the way as well, don't you? Thinking, yeah. oh, well, that's the way they think about sports science. Yeah, or, apart from being slated all the time and being busy and yeah. everyone playing pranks on you and hiding your GPS pods or hiding your moving everything about sort of thing or finding your boot in the, uh, the freezer or... Yeah, no, it's good because, like you say, you can relate to some of the stuff they talk about, whether it's what happens behind the scenes in the changing rooms or what happens on the pitch or, yeah. It's good. Awesome. And then last couple, this is the same question for two, two different types of people. So what do you think one of the best traits are to have as a coach? Um, definitely making yourself approachable to players and coaches, 100%. Um, Find that balance, like I said before, the players find that balance of good cop, bad cop, um, where you, 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 you've got to crack the whip when you can, but then you can also have a chat to them, how they're feeling. At the end of the day, they're not robots, they're, they're human beings as well, and I know you've got, to, you've got to get them to work and stuff, and obviously get your results, but you've also got to, you've also got to have a chat with them, how they're feeling, and yeah. Awesome. And then the same question, but for a player. So some of the best traits from play, like from your point of view, what are you looking at in terms of, oh, that's a, that's a great trait from a player. That's what I want my players to be like or, or have in the locker. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's different. Well, the physicality over here is totally different to that. have a shock. I think the Spanish players have a shock if they played in England because mm. the physicality over here is totally different. They don't like contact at all. Anything like the league you see on TV, anything they it's like someone shot them from the rooftop. Um, but no, definitely, definitely. If you if as long as you're busy, as long as you're busy and you're grafting, you're working hard for the team and you're putting the effort in. And for me, for me, really, I'd rather work with a player who's putting the effort in and, and putting the time in than someone who's not really bothered because um, then it kind of shows who's here for who's here to, to, to progress on and who's here just for the lads to have fun and it's yeah definitely like 100% attitude, attitude and ability and, and your, your, your work ethic class well mate it's great to catch up and it's great to see you doing so well over there with your with your October town I'm not jealous at all um, <laughs> Sounds awful with the golf course and the pool and the beach and everything. I feel sorry for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beats the, the rain, eh? But no, it's, it's tough to catch up. Do you want to, um, if anyone's got questions, like we might get some questions. I think this is a really interesting one because obviously it's a very different setup over yeah. there, but you've also got 
experience of being over here in the Football League. So if anyone's got questions or anything, where would you direct them to? Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, the handle at CalJack26, so C-A-L-J-A-C-K-26, um, or my email, a personal email, uh, Callum underscore Jackson1 at hotmail.com. Um, like I say, just fire anything over and if you want to chat, if you want to talk, video or Zoom, more than, more than welcome to. Brilliant. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks a lot for doing it. Cheers, top man. Cheers, Callum. Catch up soon. Cheers. See you later. See you, mate. Big thank you to Callum for coming on. It was great to catch up with him. Um, it's the first time I've actually spoke to him since he moved over to Alicante, so it was great to catch up. You can go and give him a follow on Twitter, and I think the, it's the same name on Instagram as well, at Cal, so C-A-L, Jack, and then the number's 26. Um, so go and give him a follow on there and just reach out and let him know what you thought about the podcast and your biggest takeaways. Um, some of mine were... Where well, one thing in particular was the the fact that the program has to be so adaptable. So we spoke about the environment and the sort of way the program changes over there last minute. That the only find fixtures out literally a few days before, which when we're looking through textbooks and we're learning about periodization, that doesn't come up in those. So this is real life S and C sports science and some. Um, some sort of challenges that Calum's having to deal with over there. So it was great to chat with him around how he goes about that and his mindset into as soon as you do get the date confirmed, what's his thought process on that. And then also being approachable. So we spoke about he actually he lives with the players over there and they've got the villa and the pool. Like I said to him in the episode, it sounds horrendous. Like the sun, villa, pool, like who wants that? Um, but the fact that he's approachable. So he has extra time with players um, because he's, he's around them a lot, so he can have a big impact, but he, he makes himself approachable and gets into conversations that can have a big impact on players. So I think there's some of my key takeaways from the chat with Callum. It'd be great to hear yours as well, so please reach out. Either drop us an email, mail at footballfitfed.com, or you can give us a tag on Twitter or Instagram at footballfitfed.com. And just let us know what you some of your key takeaways were. So I really appreciate the share of this podcast and this episode with Callum. But also let us know what you took away from it too. Um, I'm really excited actually because we've got some great shows coming up. Some really good guests. We've got some guests that have already been on the podcast coming back on. Um, but some big guests coming as well. But if you do have any recommendations of any guests that you'd like to hear on the podcast, please reach out. Again, use the email mail at footballfitfed.com and um, just put in the in the subject podcast guests and just let us know any anyone you'd recommend because we have had previous recommendations and they've always gone down really well. So I'd love to hear from you guys on who you would want to hear on the podcast. But massive thank you again for listening. Big thank you to Callum for giving up his time and I will speak to you again in episode 109.